going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, episode number 206, where today we're talking about Greenland, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and then very loosely, The Professor and the Madman, and I'm going to do a quick bit on Monster Hunter. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. And it's me, Roger Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Gentlemen, how are you? Happy, or sorry, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. This is the week. How was your guys' Christmas? How, how was it? I mean, it was fine for me. Come out of uh, COVID quarantine, day after or day of before Christmas, that was cool. You know, things are great. <laughs> it was uh, it was a white Christmas finally for us this, around here. So it did. Uh, it snowed quite a bit, actually. I was actually surprised that we, you know of, of how crappy this year is, and then to and then the right like the at the eleventh hour and fifty ninth minute to give us that was mm-hmm. was kind of nice. Yeah, my, my comment last week was, I was like, it's been a good year. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. It has definitely it's not been, been a good the worst year. year we've had in, I don't know, 2020 years. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that basically the thing to say? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's close. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, 2021, you're, you, uh, the, the pressure is on to you to be so much better. I, I mean, know, listen, it just has to be a normal year and it would be significantly better. Our, what's our motto for movies that now we can adapt? I just hope this year doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope it doesn't suck. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen the uh, the 2021 memes uh, from from like you know 20 the 2020 comparison to what 2021 could look like? And it's always like King Joffrey versus Ramsay. You know what I mean? Oh. I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's just oh my goodness. Oh well. I mean, we have the the release schedule we're going to talk about is pretty light in January and early February, but really ramps up. We'll get into that. But what else is going on, guys? Anything else? Roger, did you get to successfully do your binge drinking? Oh yes, of course. There was never that was never in doubt, especially when I went into quarantine. I'll tell you what. You know, <laughs> when you're not allowed to leave your house or do anything, you know what you can do is drink at home. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's probably not good. Sounds good to me. No, no, I, I succeeded. I, I had my, I brought my A game for that, sir. <laughs> I tried real hard. Yeah, I expect no less from you ever, ever, ever. Bring your A game when drinking all the time. Chris, what about you? Anything notable? Uh, nothing notable. I mean, did the holiday thing. Uh, spent spent a good chunk of the day with my girls, and it was it was a good day. So it was my youngest daughter's first real snow. And uh, the comparison to my first daughter's snow and my youngest daughter's first snow was vastly different. So mm, I'm very nice. glad that, yeah, my, my first daughter put her in that snowsuit, man, got her all ready, got it so excited. I love the wintertime in the snow. Took her outside. It was like, you know, a good six inches. She couldn't move because the snowsuit was too big and fluffy. Fell down face first and cried hated for 20 it. minutes. She hated it, didn't she? Yep, yep. <laughs> that was it. That was only try all year for her first one. My youngest daughter, man, she was loving it. She was pulling the sled around and trying to make snowmen. It was it was a lot of fun. Snow people, yeah, sir. Snow, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, looking for <laughs> snow people. Thank you. Roger, how about your little one? Did she go out and enjoy the snow? I mean, my kid ain't that little anymore. She's nine. So, yeah, we, we, uh, we party hard in the snow, bro. We go. I hope she... She hit you in the face with a snowball. No, but I definitely dropped one on top of her head. Like I lofted it really high in the air so she didn't see it, and it just landed like boop. And uh, she was not pleased by this. Not at all. I mean, I I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Fair enough. Well, that's parenting. <laughs> 
That's parenting, boys and girls. That's parenting. Well, it's always a fun time at Christmas. Glad you guys enjoyed your Christmas. Now here's to another 365 days until the next one. Well, 360 days until the next Christmas. All right. This is episode 206 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, talk about some trailers, and then get into the movies of the week. Let's look at the box office. I don't think there's any surprises here, Roger or Chris. Wonder Woman 1984 cleaned house with, I think, the highest, no, maybe not the highest, uh, weekend total domestic of 16.7 million bringing its worldwide weekend debut both on hbo max and theatrically to 85 million i mean that's that's pretty good right that's pretty much what i expect in that ballpark ish is what i expected i guess i mean 16 in theatrical is that that's the highest thing we've seen since tenant right and anything the box office gives you, the that, those, that's all domestic. So, yeah, that's the highest domestic since Tenet. Maybe Cruise was almost that high. I say, it uh, sounds like – I think Cruise was close after after Worldwide. But, I mean, a very impressive first weekend COVID opening of $85 million, That's that, that's that's pretty good. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that – we're going to get into that one next week. And, I mean, I've heard some doom and gloom. Um, so we'll see what that's about. But that's, that's for next week. News of the world also next week bringing in – 2.4 million domestic, bringing its worldwide total to 2.4 million. <laughs> domestic. Yes, good. That's not great, man. Um, that's not. I'm actually not hearing good things about that one either, but we'll get to that one next week. Chris, you're happy to know the Crude's New Age brought in a new 1.7 million domestic, bringing its worldwide total to 98, just shy of a hundo. Hey, listen, that's, that's good in COVID times. That's a win, that's man. That is completely yeah. a win. Is absolutely a win. Monster Hunter bringing in 1.1 million domestic, which brings its worldwide total to just below 10 million. 56 is... American dollars. <laughs> That's my bid for your IP. 56. <laughs> I will pay 56 dollars for the entire content of Quibi. That's it. <laughs> no more, no less. Not a penny more. You 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 want a dollar more? Nope. Deal's nope, off. We're deal's done. Deal's off. And promising young woman, uh, a movie that has massive Oscar buzz. Uh, 680k bringing us worldwide total to 680k. I really want to watch that movie. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that that was out now. It's out in theaters now, so we will get that chance very was soon. Was it at Was it at our local AMC? I didn't. It, it, yes. Or no, I thought it. No, maybe that was the Pittsburgh one I was looking at. But our, at our local one, they they have much fewer screens, so it's yeah, uh, it's harder to 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 know that. All right, gentlemen, let's get into. Excuse me, I'm, you know, okay, let's get into this past weekend, of course, you know, it was Christmas, uh, a weekend of fanfare, Wonder Woman and News of the World came out theatrically with tons of releases on all the streaming surfaces across whatever you watch. And for the newest segment, what streaming? We're talking about Amazon. Roger, you'll be happy to know that It's a Wonderful Life, directed by Frank Capra, is on Amazon Prime streaming service. Yeah, the it's, weird colorized version. Uh, yes, of course. James Stewart, Donna Reed, you can you can relive the timeless classic in color or black and white. They have both versions up there for you to enjoy. Definitely watched it on uh, um, Christmas Eve, like I always do, in black and white, the way it's supposed to be viewed. I, I watched it on black and white. I, I'll admit, I don't. I'm not sure. I won't ever. I mean, I'm not sure that like I'm ready to watch that movie in color. I just think I mean, it'd be it'd be so weird. I think honestly, I don't think you're probably wrong about that. I mean, 
Well, would it, well, let me ask you this. Would it be any different than when you watch Logan and then watch the black and white version of Logan or a black and white version of any movie? No, because if you see it in color first, then, you know, I mean, black and white, I, I, I just feel like if you watch it in color first, you're less likely to be like, whoa, it's so different in hold black on. and white. Hold on, hold on. No one told me we were talking about one of the best movie experiences of my life. That is Logan. No. What, Logan? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Have you so, ever, did you watch the black and white version? So yes, actually, I saw it in theaters twice, and then I then I got the movie the movie with the black and white version attached to it as a gift. Watched it in color a third time, and then watched the black and white version a couple days later. And I think the black and white version is far and away the better version of that movie. And I'm sad sure. that I didn't get to see a theatrical version of it. And that was with seeing the color version first. I do think that it can bring a different feeling. So on the back to you know seeing this black and white movie into color all of a sudden that might change the way you you view it it might yeah, feel it, I, it I might think. it might feel wrong <laughs> yeah it, it, i think it's going to be more jarring yeah yep i mean because like because your your brain fills in those little those little details that you that you don't get to see on screen like what colors everything could be how it would reflect and you, you just you just don't realize as you're watching to have that brought to life in front of you, that might be a little weird if you've seen that movie every year on Christmas Eve. You know what I mean? Well, you know what, Chris? You and I actually differ. I do not like Logan as much in black and white. Really? I don't know. I think it I think it brings a lot of, I don't know. I think the emotion hits harder because it just, you know, I don't know. I, I love the black and white version of that movie. I just feel like it brings a little bit more out of, out of the emotional side of things. Oh, I definitely like the black and white version. I just, it was not... I don't think you. I know the director. That was his first vision was to shoot it in black and white, but the studio didn't want him because, yeah. of course, the studio. You know that's going to turn. Ha- I mean, anyone who hears, for instance, black and white or subtitles, that turns off a lot of people right away. So yep, yeah, yeah. Money wise, you don't want to alienate the viewers. I get yeah. it. So Chris, wow. here's something you probably don't know. The very first movie I was part of reviewing on this show was Logan. Really? Yes, sir. Huh. <sighs> mm-hmm. What would you give it? I give it like an eight and a half. All right, all right. That's anything higher than a seven is a, is a no. It's, it's very good. Logan, Logan owns. Yes, I agree. <laughs> all right, go so back to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Logan's a good one. Um, all right. Let's uh, own this. This is the second movie on Amazon that now these I pick by things that I have had a good attachment to in the past, and I think a lot of people might benefit from rewatching them only for even if only for nostalgia's sake. Tombstone. From 1993, directed by Kevin Jar, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, Michael Bean, Charlton Heston, Jim, uh, sorry, Jason Presley, Stephen Lang, Thomas Hayden Church, Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Zane, John Corbett. Now that's a cast, guys. Thanks, that's a Billy cast. Zane. <laughs> and then you know, so whenever someone says Tombstone, the first thing I think about every single time is, I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always. The great. I line. got two guns. One for the Ichiyas. Ichiyas. <laughs> that's a that, but that's a good movie. I mean, right? It's it's pretty much opposite the other one, Wider. Um, I I I kind of always preferred Tombstone more than Wider, but I mean, Tombstone is one of those movies that when I was growing up, uh, my friends and I we rented on VHS quite a bit to watch. Sure. It was just, it was just one of those movies I I, I loved. Um, so listen, I have another streaming recommendation for you. It's on Hulu. It's called Palm Springs, and it should be the only movie you watch. <laughs> Ever. Palm, Palm Springs <laughs> is definitely a fantastic pick. I, I, I am on a complete and utter recruiting trail for Palm Springs, and everybody who has Hulu should watch that film. 
Well, here's I mean, the thing I, about I agree. here's the thing about Palm Springs is it is absolutely and a very much earned ten out of ten. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's a very cleverly written movie. It does it does most things spot on right. Um, that's I mean it's hard to compete against. Now we make jokes about like Sonic the Hedgehog being nominated, and I mean I think Invisible Woman really has a shot at being nominated on some things, and. I mean, this has been a weird year. It depends on what is nominated via streaming. I mean, it's there's a ton of movies that are just. I mean, like Palm Springs. It's just, it would be a shame not to give that movie its due on Palm Springs or for for Palm Springs. A shame. Yes, good. It's good. All right, uh, and then the third one is The Pursuit of Happiness by director Gabriel Musino. What 2006? Will Smith, Jaden Smith, Thandi Newton, Brian Howe. I think that's one of Will Smith's 2000s defining roles. Uh, I think that movie is pretty much as good as anything else was that year. That's just like, it was on my radar. I watched it. That was back when I was working at Carmike and I just watching everything. It just, it blew me away. What about you guys? Rob, did you, did you watch that one? Oh yeah. I mean, that's a, that's one of the best Will Smith movies you can get. Honestly, it's, I it's think all so. there. It's really a testament to how he can be that, that, that B movie blockbuster, you know, independence action star, but he can also be the very dramatic, you know when he needs when he wants to be he can he can churn out those roles and it, and they're just damn good you know chris what about you did you ever see pursuit of happiness i did um i saw that in theaters and that was a long time ago man and that movie was i actually went there on a date and didn't realize that that was not going to be a date ooh, bold movie. Choice. <laughs> i wanted to set set the girl up to know exactly how this was going to go you know what i mean and to be honest, to this day, it was pretty. It's probably pretty accurate. So, you guys ever, you guys ever watched the movie Ladder Forty Nine? Yeah. Of course, I love that movie. Super emotional firefighter movie. Yeah, and that was the second movie I ever went on date with with the lady who became my wife. So, um, that was a crier's delight, buddy. So, <laughs> <laughs> and as, as I have said many times, <laughs> I cry a lot. In yep. movies. So, yeah. Oh. That, bold choice <laughs> but, but that's but that's also that's also a pretty good little movie um that's that's a movie that you know we talk about in movies with the emotional crux that's a movie that has all the emotion all of it the ladder 49 okay i was gonna say i wasn't sure which one you're talking about still uh la- yeah ladder 49 does pursuit of happiness hits on a on a lot of a lot of little things too that just kind of like i don't know pulls you Pulls you in, and you know, I think at some point in a lot of people's lives, they've felt the things that you get out of Pursuit of Happiness as well. Yeah, of oh, yeah. I think I so. I mean, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, it's a great, great movie. It's just not a happy movie. <laughs> no, that's why it's the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, yep. No, the, the subway scene where he's in, he's in the subway bathroom with his kid. Oh, God, that's oh, brutal. Yeah, brutal. That, that one's rough. I don't that know, one's but, real rough. But, okay, for as rough as that scene is, the the scene at the end of the end end of the movie when his boss is like wear a new shirt tomorrow, and the day after that, and mm-hmm. then like well like his face if he's just like, like the, the camera stays the director has the camera not cut off of Will I mean at least the edit not cut off of Will Smith's face and he's just like he knows he he, he made it and just it's such a great emotional outcry the other way to what you just said mm-hmm. it's such a you know it's just it's wonderful it really is, wunderbar, wunderbar. In the bar. Well, that's you can check those out. They are, of course, free if you have the Amazon, which I think mostly everyone in the on in the United States probably does by now. But let's look at 
I mean, just imagine all the people off. that have Amazon Prime and don't realize that you get Prime Video included. I know. I, I, I meet at least one a week. It's really incredible. Let's talk about some releases in January and February because we are definitely there. Uh, we are days away from the new year. By the time this posts, it'll be just days away. Um, let's talk about – so nothing theatrically until January 8th, The Devil's Light. Um, and then – so the January 1st, 7th, and 15th, and 8th of the Friday. So the 1st, 8th, and 15th all have tons of uh, streaming, like uh, VOD, limited releases, Netflix, that kind of thing, Hulu. And then January 29th, The Little Things, which we're going to talk about a trailer today. And then Palmer on Apple TV Plus, which we talked about that trailer last week. And then February 5th, Cinderella hits. Um, and then February 12th, Judas and the Black Messiah, which was moved out of 2021. Land, Minari, What About Above, or sorry, What About Love? I read that way, way wrong. And then <laughs> February 19th. The Muratinian, which we've talked about before. And then February 26th is Nobody with Bob Odenkirk, Tom yes. and Jerry, which I don't know why that movie is being made. And the United States versus Billy Holiday. Those are all uh, theatrically. And then we walk into – and then starting March, which we'll, talk, we'll start talking about in a few weeks. March is very heavy with the theatrical releases. And then April just gets heavier. So I think theaters are counting on us coming out of the slump and just – full go come come march well they're I mean, aiming one... they're aiming for march or mid-march so don't theaters yeah. have have to believe that though like they almost have to believe that's going to be their future you know i think I mean? amc has dedicated themselves to that line of thinking yeah well there's a I... uh there's a lot of industries that are banking on that early march to be the like defining time to rebound <laughs> That that that'll be a year of this this all of this whole nonsense. It'll be a, a year of it. So I mean, at least in the movie theater department, there are going to be quite a few movies that got pushed out of 2020 into 2021 to condense their schedule. So there's going to be better, more better stuff more frequently. So I sure hope so, and I, I'm kind of hoping. I know we were talking a, a little bit about we started about you know Greenland and how we wish to have theatrical release out. I, I kind of hope that movies like big the big blockbusters like that, the, where they spent tons of money for the budget, I hope they get, even if it's only like a two-week limited engagement re-release in theaters, I would really like to see that movie in the theater. Um, I think this, the, the experience would be a little better in the theater than it would on my home television. But do you think that's a possibility, guys, that we get, uh, even if it's a limited engagement release, just so they can have it, you know, if someone who wanted to see it theatrically they couldn't obviously because of COVID that they would get that chance well I mean we've already actually seen that you just don't remember we saw it happen actually most recent example that I can think of easily is the crudes uh, Roger I think your mic is rubbing my friend okay yeah. um, okay go on so with the crudes um you know it came out it hasn't been quite what was it Thanksgiving basically yeah the basically crudes came out I mean it is already available on all VOD platforms at you know so it's been less than a month so if you want to watch it without going to the movie theater you can absolutely do that now hmm. so i don't know if it's that's the kind of window you're talking about but that window has definitely shrank significantly i mean it's but it's not the same thing though is it i mean is that really the same thing though yeah i think so 
Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, you're you're. It's you're exactly the same see. thing. You're getting a shot to see it in theaters the way that it was the way it was shot and meant to be seen. You would. Oh, but I don't mean. I mean, not during COVID. Like when it's just go buy a ticket, no seating restrictions, none. Well, I mean, it's already it's already changed though. You remember back when we were younger, especially like it would take a year for a movie to go from a movie theater to VHS. Yeah. A yeah, year, a calendar always, year. It was always really jarring when like when like a company tried to push it out before Christmas, and it was only like you know four, five, six months, and you yeah. already had your your movie out. Yeah. Well, it's like I remember um, a big Christmas movie like Home Alone. Home Alone came out like the Thanksgiving time you know, the year that it came out. And then by the next year, they had pushed it for right around Thanksgiving and Christmas to be out on VHS. So they could like basically get that push twice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but now it's like, hey, this movie came out three months ago. I better be able to watch it <laughs> on well, VOD just, if I want to. I can remember, I mean, being in high school, of course, this is, you know, 90, I was in high school, the fall of 99 to the spring of 2003. Like, where, where it took like seven or eight months to get a movie on. And then like by the time I was out of high school and in college, it was – the time was a lot less. It was only – it was like three months, maybe three and a half months before. You know, if a movie came out in summer, by late September, October, it was already on DVD. <laughs> DVD well, the, those, right? the thing is now, especially the way things are with file types and resolutions, you know, most – I mean, movies have been shot in 4K forever. I mean, forever, ever. And now the standard television that you can buy is a 4K TV. So you don't have to change anything. You don't have to edit that part. You just put it on a a disc or, you know, a media file. Just let them have it. So (laughs) doesn't have to have that whole extra level of distribution stuff. I agree. That is a good point. I mean, as technology gets better... um... So there we go. There's up until March when March has had a whole bunch of stuff. And Roger, you'll be happy to know that Peter Rabbit two and No Time to Die come out the same weekend <laughs> of April second. Both those yeah. movies. You know, I'm actually surprised that no streaming service paid the six hundred million to have Bond as a as an Yet. exclusive on their service. Yet, I if 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 they have a release date, I'm pretty sure they've taken that one off the off the offer docket. But I mean, they give them six hundred million reasons to take it off the docket. <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah. Okay. Great. You 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 always win with that one line. Jeez. Clever. Right. Clever. Clever girl. Clever girl. All right. Let's talk about trailers. You want to talk about Odin Kirk killing people or yep. Denzel killing people? <laughs> Denzel killing famous people or Odin Kirk killing everybody? Odin. Let's talk about Odin Kirk from. A mind that brought us John Wick brings us another kind of John Wickish movie uh, with Bob Odenkirk. Um, I think it's safe to say that all three of us in this podcast are definitely in for nobody. Hell yes, I am. Oh yes, yes, hundred percent. A revenge story with Bob Odenkirk, and it's you know what's interesting about I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't um see him as this kind of character. I mean, I definitely yeah. can. I mean, I, th- I feel like he's pulling it off well here, at least. I mean, he just—he uh, seems, I don't know—he seems like the guy you wouldn't you wouldn't look at twice, right? And that's that's the whole point of this of this character. I feel. Well, let me let me ask you guys a question about Bob Odenkirk in general. Have you right. seen, have you ever watched anything that he's been bad in? No, never. Like seriously, he is good in everything he is in. Okay. Everything. 
So why wouldn't you give him the benefit of a doubt at least? I mean, unless I mean, he's going into a genre that I love, you know, the shoot 'em up, bang bang kind of story, and he's got that dry wit humor about him. You know, he's just clever enough, and he's not in bad shape, so it's not like a real stretch. You know, he's just a little bit older, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, of course. I mean, who's not okay with? It? I, I can't imagine anyone not being okay with this. I don't know. See, seeing who's who's a part of the making of this movie is it, it does it all by itself anyway. Well, that, you know what I mean? that, but that's the thing of like the the people who made this are they're definitely aware that people love John Wick and they're and people are going to tune in and they're going to say exactly what Roger just said. Hey, it's from the guy who made uh, it's from the guy who had something to do with John Wick. It's Bob well, Odenkirk. Well, hell yeah. yeah. Would, wouldn't you say that if it was well, yours? Yes, you would. You know, like it's <laughs> going to happen. Hey, do I you definitely like would. John Wick? Do you like Bob Odenkirk? What if we give those two together? Are you in? <laughs> Hell yes, you're in. Hell yes, you're in. Uh, well, yes. I'm in. I'm I'm in for it. I'm. I'm. <laughs> speaking of hell yes, I just watched a Big Daddy again, yep. and that and that the old guy who's like hell Mr. yes. Hurley. And he's in. <laughs> Koufax is a good egg, but he fights like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do about it, Missy? I'm right here. Well, that's a, that's one of the better. I think one of the better Sandler movies. I just watched that. You know what? I never. I always thought Sonny was kind of a loser. I guess my takeaway from that movie. And I've, and I've probably watched that movie 25 times. I never dawned on me the the line where he, where he is. He went to law school and graduated law school. Yeah, like he it never. never he it never took the bar. Yeah. Yeah, it never dawned on me that that was part of his character. Like that he was just. He achieves, but he's a slacker until the end when he, you know, I just, but that would be, let me, he works his toll booth job one day a week. <laughs> so he gets the benefits. Like that a movie is, real, is real, is real good though. It's just like, it's not, I was just watching it the other day and it's like, it's, it's not in, it's, it's well-written. There's a lot of good plant and payoffs. It's not like Sandler today. I mean, Sandler today is pretty much the worst of the worst. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I don't know about worst of the worst, but they're, they're, there, there's some stuff to be desired. It's pretty awful. I mean, look, Jack and Jill has got to be one of the worst movies in 20 years. Are we still talking about Jack and Jill though? I mean, it's, <laughs> no. it's, it's been quite some time. We can talk no, about. I, we can talk just as bad about Huey Halloween. You know what I mean? I don't. I think Huey Halloween is better. Halloween. <laughs> if if Jack and Jill is zero, Huey <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is better than that. Well, okay, better than that, but it's just I don't know. There's more recent stuff we could poke fun at with Sandler in it than yeah, Jack, yeah, you, you know, know Jack I mean, and Jill. I mean, it's been so long. Hubie, Shubie, Dubois. Oh, that one. Dubois. All right, that's uh, we're excited for nobody, and of course the cast. You know, Bob Odenkirk, Connie Nielsen, Christopher Lloyd. I, look, I'm in for it. I can't imagine. Yeah. I just I'm gonna have such a good time watching that movie. That's for damn sure. Now let's talk about Denzel's new movie, All the Little Things. Or sorry, The Little Things, not All the yeah. Little Things. The Little Things. I don't know. I like All the Little Denzel. Things sounds like a terrible romantic comedy. I think it's a Netflix show, actually, but that's The Little Things. Probably the same thing. What do you guys <laughs> what do you guys take away from The Little Things with Denzel? I'm here for it. Hundred percent. I mean it's just it's just a whodunit version of the equalizer, but I'm I'm in for it. You know, the, that's, while that's I was it. watching the trailer, I had Grayson in my headset, and I was like, is this just Equalizer 3? Okay, <laughs> yeah. Know, really, it's a little but, bit more than that, but yeah. it definitely feels like it could be the Equalizer 3. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> and also, I'm here for that. Yep. Well, I mean, the, the Equalizer 3 is definitely coming. Those first two movies were wildly successful. 
And Denzel wild. is, I mean, he is a very bankable star. So there, there's no doubt in my mind we get an equalizer three. We better. <clears throat> this, this is, I think this is just something in between, but I mean, uh, John Lee. Why are we talking about the equalizer being set in the John Wick universe as well? <laughs> oh, man. I know. I like it. I like where this is going. See what I'm talking about, huh? I mean, huh? I'm in on this too. Yeah. yeah. Hell yes, you are. Hell yes. It'll be. Hell yes. yes. <laughs> It'll be it'll be all part of the John Wick, the JWCU, the John, John Wick, Wick Cinematic, Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Hell yes. Good, because I mean, listen, Atomic Blonde is definitely in there too. So yeah, yeah it is. I mean, I could, I'm going to write this out. So let's talk about <laughs> let's, let's talk about some of the guys in this, some of the people in this movie: Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, Rami Malek, like some of the best men right, lead in our, in our time. What's that? <laughs> Three Oscar winners there. Sorry, I'm choking on something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's a it's a pretty strong cast, even those three. And then when you get into the you know the the B level like Sofia Vasareva and Natalie Morales, like it just it gets it's still good. But I'm telling you, like these two movies, I'm are going to be solid movies. Oh yeah, both the absolutely. little things and uh, nobody. They're definitely be watchable, and honestly, that's all I care about. And all the little things is going to be a simultaneous HBO Max release too. So. If things aren't exactly recovered the way they want it to be in late January, early February, you'll still have the option to see at the same kind of time frame. That's a good I point. agree. And nobody comes out. It said on the trailer specifically in February years. only in theaters. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that, that, that'll certainly be a good time. A good Valentine's Day date. Date movie. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Opposite of the pursuit of happiness. I oh mean, yeah, that's a, for sure. That's if a I, good movie. That I really go see in hindsight. It would definitely be nobody. Not even watching the movie. I know yeah, it's yeah. a better thing movie than Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> All right, let's get into some movies we talked about for the week. Um, I want to do a little bit of Monster Hunter. Let's I was curious. All right, came out eight December eighteenth, twenty twenty, directed by Ta- Paul W S Anderson, which of course means Mila Jovovich. You just can we please just not have Mila Jovovich in everything. Um, Tony Jaa is he's I actually like Tony Jaa he's as the awesome hunter. Uh, Megan Good, Tip T. I. Harris were really good as um, some of the military guys, but the, the military they're they're all gone by the first twenty minutes of the movie. So Spoilers. and then Diego Diego Bonetta, who I have met and worked with by the way, he's he's also one of the Marines. Ron Perlman, boy, he's an admiral of a ship that sails on sand. And if, and if you guys are baffled, trust me. You're 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 the same amount of baffled by the end of this movie as I just told you. I'm not. <laughs> Fair enough. This is. Uh, they somehow gets transported to another world. There's a tower that connects our two worlds, and our world is our world, and their world is full of hideous giant creatures. Where is this um, tower? I need to know immediately. It's just it's just it's. I mean, if you want the definition, it's it's off in the distance because she can never get there. That's that's where the tower is. Um, these are now. This is, of course, based on a video game. Um, it's a, based on a video game licensed by Capcom. Uh, wildly successful in Japan has found some good success here in the states too. I just this is a movie that I can't. If someone's like, okay, give me a list of twenty video games, and we're gonna we're gonna try to adapt some of them. This would definitely would have been on the list of don't try to adapt. Why are you trying to adapt this? Oh, I mean, oh, I'll counter that point and say, why are you trying to counter this as a live action movie, like? Monster Hunter is built for like an anime type movie, right? Or yeah, it definitely is. You know, with it's it's already got the big weapons. It's got the you know it's got that anime the anime anime vibeish. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, anime vibeish. Like this, it would have been better as an animated 
you know, in, in the animated universe where this stuff would have made more sense, had more of a home. Um, I mean, I can see, look, after having seen it, I can see the appeal to why they wanted to put it on the big screen. This movie will do, if it stays out for a while and the Asian market loves it, it, it it'll, it'll do okay. I just, the opening weekend wasn't strong. So that's, a, that, that's always a bummer. But I mean, Capcom may have another agenda with, releasing this in time for another title i i I don't know that i don't know i mean with i don't know just with the subject matter you have here this could be a solid a solid fan like movie for the fan base i just don't think the right people got a hold of it to do so which is which is a shame because there are a lot of really big fans that are going to wish this was a little bit more grounded in the universe they want to experience but you can't really do nothing about that if no one's going to pick it up anyway so we got what we got um, they get sucked into deal with it. Is that what you're saying? I mean, basically, that's what it comes down to. Unfortunately, they get, they get sucked into a portal, which takes them to the next world. Uh, they find out what happens to the team they are looking for. Bravo team. Uh, they are burnt, and of course, their guns have no effect on the hundreds of massively large arachnid scorpion things that descend upon them. They run, take shelter. <clears throat> Her team dies. She gets found by Tony Jaa's character, uh, which is the hunter. And then they just they they evade and survive to, to, together, not being able to speak the same language. Yet there's still dialogue. I, I, that part also baffled me. Um, but it's I was entertained, but again, I had this is like watching an episode of Lost. By the end of it, you you have ten thousand questions and no answers. And well, that's Perlman's that's always good for a movie. <laughs> and Ron Ron Perlman's <laughs> character is, I think, kind of awesome, and he has the most wonderful. 80s wig with mullet. Roger, you you would have appreciated the power mullet he has in this movie. I I myself have very recently had a powerful mullet. <laughs> yep. But I mean, I don't I can't imagine this sticking around very long. It's not I mean, it's not doing great in box office, doing okay. But uh, I mean, if if you like the game, if you like, you know, big monsters and big swords, then you have every reason to check this out. If 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 not, then it's it's very skippable. But from from what I saw of this, I would give this movie a 3 at the most. Jeez. So I mean, that's not that's that's not a good score, but that's tough. And 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 look, I'm I'm one of the here's the thing about video game movies is I'm one of the people that I will always push trying to adapt video games because there are some wonderful stories in the video game world to tell. Mm-hmm. I just don't think this is one of them. At, at least Rod Rogers right. At least in this way, this was not the, the this was not the best way to tell this story. Yeah. So no. I mean, that's uh-huh. how how it is. But it's just I'm always an advocate for video game movies because they are getting better slowly. Slowly but surely getting better. I mean, we're past due for somebody to hit a home run in a video game movie, though. We are. Yes, I think so. I, I, don't, I mean, The Last of Us on HBO Max will definitely, I think, be one of those home runs. See, I don't know, though. And here's the reason why. And I, I temper this. It's not go- It might be entertaining, but you know it's going to be depressing as shit. Because that's how The Last of Us is. Now, that doesn't mean it won't be spectacular, but you'll not be like, hey, I want to make sure I rewatch this five different times. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, and, maybe not. I don't know. It depends. I mean, look, I mean, some of the, the I mean, do, do both Last of Us but games, both one game of the year. I mean, they're both they're both narrative dynamo. Like they are both behemoth when it comes to narrative. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's, I mean, un, un, Uncharted this this July will be another one that, I hope I can say, see, folks, I told you it works sometimes, but something tells me from what I've been seeing about the production notes is 
it will not I hear not movie. great things. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not I'm 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 not really excited about the Uncharted movie, but I mean, look, they just Ugh, my heart breaks a little bit each day anyway Listen, when it comes to movies. I will watch every episode of The Witcher that they put out on Netflix, so I'm here for that. Yeah. I was actually looking at some of the production stills from season two, and they look like kind of kind of cool. You should check those out. They there's some there's some there's some action shots with with Hen Henry Cavill about to bash his sword into a a centaur looking thing. That's awesome. That big strong man. I'm here for I'm, it. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, all right, that's Monster Hunter. I mean, if you have an interest, check it what, out. What if did not, you score it? Three. I gave it a three. That's real good. All right, uh, Roger. Let's do a little bit on the professor and the madman. Ooh, okay. Directed okay. by Farhad Safinia. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Came out May tenth, twenty nineteen. Now this is put on the dock because I know they wouldn't. I know that at least one of them wouldn't watch Monster Hunter, but I want to talk about it because this is Mel Gibson, and I, I think it deserves a shout out mainly because we watched Fat Man last week, but because. This is this is a movie with a story that's gone that's spanned since ninety three or ninety two, that I think it's worth at least talking about for a minute. Yeah, they've been trying to make they had been trying to get us this story made into a movie for a long time. So Mel Gibson's been attached since pretty much the mid nineties. Sean Penn's been attached for quite some time. Um, so Mel Gibson, Sean Penn, Eddie Marsan, Natalie Dormer, Steve Coogan, Jennifer Eel. Um, Ian Grufford, Jeremy Irvin, Lawrence Fox. There, this is a good. It's a good, smart cast, and it's a, it, and it's a, it's a. I think it's a well-written script. I just here's the problem with it, Roger, and I, I think that you can help me in this. The movie loses focus. Yeah, a, a this is, there, this is, there's two movies here. There's at, at least two movies here, yeah. if not three movies. Yeah. So, so that's what it is, but. Wow, let's get into it a little bit. This is this is about the birth of the Oxford Dictionary, which is more exciting than you think it would be, honestly. <laughs> it really is. Oh yeah, so, I mean, I mean, the story behind it is it's it's a little bit more enthralling. Be like, hey, this is a bunch of idiots that wrote a dictionary. Because <laughs> listen, you would think that that wouldn't make for a good movie. Now this movie's not great, but the the, the idea behind it, it actually works pretty well. I, I think so. It's it's one of those movies that I think I loved it because now I'm I'm learning to separate. Of course, I'm learning to a greater degree to separate my love for something than what I think is good or bad. But yes, you have to do that more. Yeah, Mel Gibson is James Murray. He's one of the self-taught Scottish. Murray. Really, he, he he knows like what like eight languages in this. It's way more than that. It's like twenty in some it's capacity. 20, yeah. He's self-taught, he has, never went to college, got his, you know, never went to school past the age of 13 or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, so one of my points is Mel Gibson and Sean Penn are absolutely uh, the the bright spots of, of this movie. They oh, are, fan- yeah. I mean, the performance, even, look, I've Eddie Marsan is fantastic as Mr. Muncie in this mm-hmm. too. Like, amazing. Yeah, there are four um, characters in this movie that I that I actually really enjoy. I love Mel Gibson as Jamer. I love um, Sean Penn. I love Eddie Marsan, and I love Steve Coogan's character. Yeah, everybody else attached to this movie, it's like it's like a who's who of a, like a really famous British cast. Most of them don't do a whole lot, and they just slow the story down, and it hurts the story a lot because there's a really interesting story to be told here, but it's so disjointed, so disjointed that it doesn't really ever get cohesive at all until like the last 15 minutes of the movie and the last 15 minutes are great. 
but the other, you know, hour and 45, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> and and this is every bit of two hours, which yeah, I mean, it's a solid two hour movie, which listen, there, there are some times that it flowed for me pretty well. But like I said, it's weird the way they make this movie. So the real premise behind it is uh, Sean Penn's character. What's his name? He is Dr. William Chester Minor. Yeah. William William uh, Minor. So he's schizophrenic, or what, what you find out at the end is schizophrenic. Um, he is super smart, but he has an episode and ends up accidentally killing a completely innocent man. Guns him down in the street. Right in front and, of his kids and wife. Right, yeah, right in front of him on his doorstep, basically. Fucking um, brutal. Yeah, it was, it was not Jesus. great. Not great. Well, no. okay. What there's there's a there's a re, there's he's also an American who was a was an in officer civil, in the Civil War yeah. that has really PTSD, really bad PTSD yeah. from that, and that's no, there's more to it than that. Yeah. But yeah, well, still, well, yeah, so your he, kids, man. Ooh. Well, he was uh, something happened to him in the street, and he was chasing after the guy that he thought accosted him, and ended up shooting the wrong person. So it really was a mistake of uh, a thing of with mistaken identity. Um. But he gets found not guilty by insanity because clearly he, by the time they get him to trial, he's having a meltdown. This is how the movie starts. The movie about the making of the Oxford Dictionary starts with this. <laughs> Man. Well, but, but, but this is also adapted from a novel, which, which Mel Gibson sure. bought the rights to I mean, decades ago now. But it, it, it is, I agree with you, an odd place to start it. I think the better movie here is commit to the the madman story him them trying to cure this guy because he is brilliant and 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 has so much to offer the the academic community or i mean the much more boring movie of trying to get the first dictionary out you know of all the words and all their meanings of in in all the centuries Mm -hmm. you know that's what i mean that's that's a hell of a time i mean how many months do do they spend and and they're just in like the first like they're they're in a and then like the first part of a yeah like seven yeah. or eight months yeah it just the whole the whole thing takes like like what like 35 yeah, years by out, if you try to make a definite you know the first time a dictionary had ever been written when you have to take the definitions of every word in the language and try to write it out that it would take a long time this is a shocking development in the year 2020 even more shocking in like you know what 19 or whatever 18 whatever yeah <laughs> 1870 or something like that this is so but please don't i mean it's easy to write off a movie like this because you hear oh it's not so great but i mean the movie as a whole might not be great but mel gibson and sean penn and even eddie marsan are those three in this movie are maybe some of the best in their respective careers um some of the some of the best performances sean penn definitely this might be his best and he did i am and i am sam is fantastic I mean, certainly Mel Gibson's won and been nominated for awards a dozen times. Uh, Eddie Marsan. You think I Am Sam is Sean Penn's best movie? I think it's one of them. Sure. It's I mean, Mystic it's River Man. Uh, Mystic River. Well, fine. I, I'll, I'll give you. I was gonna. Mystic River. I'll give you. That's a Clint Eastwood movie. That's you know. That's right in Sean Penn's wheelhouse too. Eleven. Um, fine. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you Mystic River. But but I'm but I'm saying his performance in this movie is on par with Mystic River performance. Sure, that's too. fine. So, but like, I mean, don't sleep on this movie as as a package. I give this a five. Um, yeah, so that's where I had scored it too, and I thought I was going to give it higher for a while, but the end of the movie actually saved it from being lower 
because by the time we get to you know last 15 or 20 minutes i was just like oh my god can we be done with this stuff um because they do beat some stuff in your head and it's it's not always fun to watch i mean it's a little bit slow you learn a lot about words you know and psychosis weird combination <laughs> weird but, but i mean telling you it's just it's a smart script that does at times flow other times it really just hits a brick wall which sure. is i think part of the problem and of course we're talking in extreme vagities here because we we're not this is not the movie of the week which we're trying to cover but no but i, I mean, mean listen the mel the mel gibson run in the last 15 minutes is it's worth it if you made it that far it's worth it i promise i promise it's worth it I, I agree, and and if you and if you factor in Fat Man and this movie and maybe another movie he did, he's done recently. I would imagine he's really on the upswing for the next five or ten years with stuff. I mean, he's got like if you look at Mel Gibson, as long as he keeps um, his powerful beard, I'm here for it. <laughs> I was gonna ask you what you what you thought about the beards in this movie because they're also, pretty awesome. There's some strong beard work in this film. <laughs> um, nice yeah, mustache mutton chops combo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're very, it's very, you know, 18, 18, 19th century British hair on the face. It's good. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, what, so what, what did you give it, Roger, score wise? I, I gave it a five as well. I gave it a five as well. It's recommendable. And I, I wanted to give it more. I just, I'm trying to be fair and I couldn't. I wanted to, but I just, I think it's five is where it sits. And I, I mean, you, you obviously don't disagree with that. No, not at all. Not at all. All right. So that's that one. We we should talk about well we want to what do you want to talk about first I think Greenland is the more interesting theatrical but Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is definitely better I I don't know I feel like we should talk about Greenland first all right we can do that Roger's excited how many weeks have you been waiting to talk about this one Roger many how many months came out December eighteenth twenty twenty Rick Roman Waugh is the director and cast is actually a good cast Gerard Butler. Morena Backer, and that if you're, of course, I'm a nerd and love, yeah, Firefly Serenity, amazing. Um, Roger Dale, Floyd, Scott Glenn, what do you guys think? Give me your overall overall impressions. Go ahead, Chris. So this movie was not what I expected, is I guess the best way to put it, because you see the, you see the trailer for this or whatever, the commercials, and you've seen, you think you've seen this movie before. That's not what you get when you watch this movie. You know, it's supposed to, you know, in your head, it's going to be a disaster movie. Ah, world ending event. You've seen it before. Everyone will think it's fine. It'll build up and everyone will be freaking out. And you're going to see a lot of cool CGI explosions and cities getting toppled and all this other stuff while you wait to see the final conclusion of how everyone makes it okay. Or, you know, the your cast makes it pretty much okay. That's not what you get here. That's not no. what this movie is. Oh, it is not. This movie is a is a i think uh, grayson said it before we started this is a good drama with a world ending event happening in the background you know it definitely you know it pulls the movie along obviously but it's just there's so much here emotion wise and care and like you know your character's kind of developing because people start your key characters start in very you know known roles very you know you know just ways that their characters are their life has ended up certain ways and this is expected. People understand this, and that shifts very quickly. And they are almost developing different characters as the movie goes on and reaches its conclusion. It's it's a good watch. It's a really good movie. I would agree with you. And of course, I am a complete sucker for the way it starts with him. You know, him him not quite sure 
He wants to leave work early, and his 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 friend is like telling him, "Boss, we got this. Go. You wanted to leave early? I'll take care of this. Go home. You have problems to take care of." And I, I love how they, and of course, I love that really that camera work that's right up in your face, really intimate. It really gives you that intimate feel of, you know, something is going on with this character. You might not know what, but they are, they are not right mentally. There's something going on. There's turmoil, and now how he like in the score when he's like driving up and. He doesn't ring the doorbell and uses his house key because he's not quite sure. Of course, it gives you little hints as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just – you know I'm a sucker for that. Like the movie's going to get me. So in the first couple of minutes, I'm already sold on this because the, uh, it's the, already got me. The camera work you're speaking of, I call it dramatic shaky cam. It's, it's well, kind of I mean, like, like action shaky cam but with drama. Good, with yeah, drama I mean, instead. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess one of the questions I've always had during these films, and it's always, I think of any extinction level film you can possibly think of, even 10,000 BC there, I mean, for as far back as humans go, but I mean, even Independence Day, even 2012, they all, even War of the Worlds is a very classic example, though, is there, <laughs> the family is always dysfunctional. You know, the, there's always, you never come, you, you never have a perfectly, cohesive, everyone loves everyone, no one's mad at anyone, family. And I finally asked myself, why is that? And I, I turned to my mom like, mom, why is this always the case? And she and she goes, because, and I'd never, I'd never considered this as an option, but like this week I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at home, mom and I've been watching a lot of movies trying to like kind of recapture some of the closeness that we've lost over the past couple of years. And she goes, but it, probably because these are Hollywood writers and that's what they know. Relationships in Hollywood work for work for a period of time, and then they don't work. So, I mean, writing 101 says write what you know. Any writing professor will tell you that. So, I mean, that actually kind of makes sense. And I, I, I got I to gotta say I never considered that before. But do you, do you guys have anything to add to the, the families are never okay? It's always dysfunctional. Well, a lot of times families aren't okay, so it happens. But, yeah. I mean, even if the family is okay, you know, you still have – Okay, I just want to pose something. Even if they were having a decent marriage, you know, things are mostly normal, still 90% of the terrible stuff could have happened to this family. So I don't want to I don't want that to take away from anything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I totally get that. And the whole thing about the whole thing about the kids insulin pump right type off one the diabetic, bat. Yep. Type 1 diabetic was like why no matter what happens in this movie, However this movie ends, I thought to myself, how are you going to be able to explain to me that they're going to have enough insulin for this kid? So I thought because he was – I thought that he was going to be one of our casualties uh, because there's no way that – Oh, the you know, kid was going to die, you monster. Hollywood doesn't have the balls for first off, so that will never happen. I don't know why you always think that because I go back to I that do. all the time with you. Um, <laughs> the kids will never be a casualty unless it's oh, a – many ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But – Especially so if we I, only have one, you know, it's yeah. one of the parents are going to go down before the one child always. Or with, the with dog the, for, as soon for as the they, sh- as soon as they show you the kid's insulin pump, I'm I was just waiting for that to be, you know, the issue or the repeating issue, all this stuff. Because for some reason, Hollywood can't cast a kid that has nothing wrong with him or her. Like it's always there's there's some medical thing or some mental thing or something wrong with the kid they cast in a movie, but. I will say this: This kid doesn't make any stupid decisions. No, 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 no. no. Nothing that, like, you know. Oh well, let's see. Little Timmy put himself in peril, and that's what drives the movie. No, that actually doesn't happen. There's one thing that happens, which is kind of 
okay, this isn't far fetched, and it wasn't a dumb kid thing. It was just you know anyone had an accident yeah. happened. Yeah, I yep. get, I get that. And like, yeah, and good on them for not doing the whole you know let's let's use the kid as a plot driver because they didn't do that. And I was happy because the kid's not a dumb kid. Usually it's a dumb kid. So. No, the, the kid holds himself pretty well, and yes. the kid gets into a bad situation that has nothing to do with himself, which is kind yep. of crazy. Yeah. You know, sometimes you see movies where a kid makes a bad decision and then ends up in this bad place. The kid mm-hmm. did nothing wrong, still ends up in a really bad place. Mm-hmm. And um, that actually drives the movie along pretty intensely for a while. It does. You know, it really does. That was, that was hard to watch, man. Uh, and Roger, listen, why don't you go, go, go ahead, Chris. There's a few. Well, off of what Roger just said, there's a few scenes in this that are hard to watch. I don't know about you guys. I ain't a movie crier. I cried twice in this movie. Holy shit. I <laughs> during Greenland. Wow. I, I, I did. did. It happened. I during Greenland. It happened. I don't know. You, you wanted to, Roger. You said weeks ago you wanted you wanted to cry during Greenland. <laughs> well, so there's there's a point and I won't spoil it on. But towards the end, during. Um, during the last meeting of some with someone, that that was pretty hard. Uh, but no, I did not cry during this movie. I I did, and it wasn't like it wasn't like like I guess it was like more like you know your your eyes tear up and then you squeeze them and and you get that one or two tears that comes out. That's the kind of crying that I have, but it counts for me because I doesn't. Yeah, that's that's crying. That's crying. All right. Okay. Is that what that emotion is called? That oh, is, dang yes, it. That's... Okay. Well, it happened. I mean, my eyes and, and with tears and then they fell from my eyes. What is that called? <laughs> <laughs> well. And I'll give you one of the scenes, um, and this isn't spoiling anything. At one point, you know, they figure out they got to go, you know, for one reason or another. And there's yeah. people that don't understand why it's just them that got to go. Oh, yeah. Okay. During the uh, the call? Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, no, well, during the call, it was right, right afterwards mm-hmm. when they're driving and there's a mother that tries to stop them. And the and the reason why, man, oh, like the emotion that that, that actress put into that, that part, that moment was so – it hit me hard. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That, that was that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. One. That was a tough one. Sure. Yeah. Tough well, one. I also, I also thought they kind of used some neat things that I think probably would happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, with like the selection process, with you know your phone getting an automated call directly to you and you alone. Um, yeah. That was kind of neat, seeing how technology could actually be brought in to perpetuate the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like actually, being technology's fault for once. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> So, like, let me ask you guys a question because I don't really want to spoil this movie because I think everybody should watch Greenland. I just want to state that out right now. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, because we all saw it in the trailer where they talk about the the comet coming down and hitting off the hitting in Florida, right? Okay. But the way they had built it up, you know, and they don't really talk about this during the trailer. It was supposed to hit harmlessly in the ocean just past Bermuda, and yeah. they miscalculated. So everybody's watching this take place on television. Like, like watches Disneyland get vaporized. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it, uh, it's supposed yeah. to be like, almost like a ball drop moment for the right. New Year. So Everyone's like, just it's, like it's counting it down. Quiet. They're like watching because like they're in like mid Georgia. Like they're around like just outside the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the. The place where the uh, the comet actually hits, or I guess it's asteroid at that point, where the asteroid actually hits, is in the between the Tampa and Orlando area, which isn't close, but not really that far away from where they're at. So they would hear the sonic boom, and they do of when it actually hits the ground. So that's kind of crazy. 
I like the yeah, I like the uh the idea that how they brought in with the sonic booms would actually do as much damage as the impacts too. So that was kind of nice to see. Somebody actually took their time with their disaster film. Yep. Well, let's just let's take a moment and set the stage for a second is this is, you know, this is an extinction level event. We've already talked about uh the plot kind of jump starts when the comet, which is a terrible yeah, name. Um when when we when we hop into uh, the plant, the comet's coming, and then he gets a phone call. Well, he actually got a phone call before the before the they they heard about the comet coming, but about the selection process, and they've been selected. And then it, it it's a pretty quick nonstop ride after that of like set piece after set piece after set piece, which I mean, it's long too though. It's you mean the 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 length of it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's one hour and fifty nine minutes, which means. In a regular theatrical release, no COVID, this would have been two hours, 25 minute, you know, in theaters from lights dimming to walking out. I thought it was longer. I mean, Are you sure it's not longer than that? It says hour and 59 minutes on the on the official IMDb. Um, but so one of the things that I liked about this movie is it it didn't spend too much time in one place. And I always, I kind of appreciate that in these kind of films because I want to, I, I, I just want to see the next leg of their journey. And I, I, I just also, I, you remember in, I always talk about this in, um, what's the zombie movie with Brad Pitt? Oh, World War Z. World War Z. That pretty much becomes the Brad Pitt show of, he survives a fucking plane crash. Like what in the hell? Well, he the, just, the only problem I have with that is he's the only one that survived that plane crash. No, no, no. Him, him, and the girl—they both survive. Both no. the people you need to survive survive. No, just him. He's the only one. No, that, no. Survived that that girl with the, with got her hand cut off. She definitely survives that. You sure about that, buddy? I'm 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 positive. Yeah. I w- I would like to bet another value meal that I'm owed because I'm poor and I have no money. Or no, food. I'm not gonna bet that. I'm I, I tell you, <laughs> she, she she also makes it. The two people we need to make it off that flight survive a plane crash. That's my, but like, I'll, it was getting to the point where these, I was like, okay, this is the Gerard Butler show. We're getting to that point where I'm like, they just keep going from event after they're all separated. How do you think, what are the odds you think they would all find each other again in well, this chaotic I mean, world? They're actually pretty long, but there is a sequence that takes place. That allows, I mean, obviously it's a movie, so things like this can happen. But there is a long time for a while where I thought they weren't going to end up back together. And I think that would have been okay. Because they don't end up together anywhere near where you think they're going to end up together. <laughs> Hundreds of miles away. By I can see that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I'm okay with that too. I, I really am, because that would be something during a disaster of this level. It would be hysteria, like it would just be craziness. Just you think just, so? Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. I I was sh- shocked that the uh, the highways weren't as blocked as you know quicker. Like I can't believe they were able to drive at all when they when they go to leave their home. I like it's it's amazing that the streets aren't already packed. Like that was actually kind of a little bit of convenience in the movie. But yeah, this would be pandemonium. I, I did also appreciate how when the cell phone grid started to fail, how everything went to shit. <laughs> because oh, of, yeah, course of course it would. Yeah, of course it would. How would you, how would it not? I mean, God, if, if, if you take out electricity in this country, you pretty much take us back to the stone age. Oh, um, yeah, of course. But anyway, so 
and I, I, I'm glad they didn't spend too much time in the pharmacy. I was really worried about that, getting bogged down in there about those guys and the guns and taking everything. And let's give a shout out to King Batch, who's always in the Netflix movies, who's in this one, who actually, of all the times I've seen him, and this is the best I've seen him, this, this, this quick little seven-minute thing of his. Yeah, it was interesting. Best, I was okay with that. It was, most, it was the most dramatic I've seen him, and the best I've seen his acts. So. That was a that was a crazy scene, huh? I don't want to. I don't want to no, spoil that. But that's that's pretty intense. I don't understand what they were trying to achieve with that because all those guys were on one side. Like, don't they realize that 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 wristband only admits one? Even if they don't check it, it still only. Don't admits you know one. that this is Sparta, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought that was very odd. I thought it was weird, and it was definitely weird, but. Um, all in all, I liked the movie. I, I, I had my hangups with it. Uh, for example, it, to me, it almost was the Gerard Butler show. They, they just survived everything. Um, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure they got the science right at the, at the end with how long it takes everything to dissipate again. I'm not quite sure if that's correct. Well, they also would not know. So, <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I mean, no one really knows. I mean, do we, do we really know? I mean, let's, let's be honest. Um, there, there were so much of this movie was a plot device and i gotta say at least to me that was a huge downturn um things happened just so other things could happen i know roger you said this is a movie but as a writer you kind of want to take those you want to you want to get rid of those plot device you know oh how convenient that you want to get rid of those conveniences and write around it so it doesn't seem so plot devicey I mean, I don't, I don't think that hurts this movie at all, though. And, and like I said, I'm okay with it. Like the point that I already made about them when they get separated and how they eventually end up back together, I was okay with how that played out. Honestly, that was Were fine. You, with Chris, me. Chris, what about you? That actually felt okay to me as well. And I'm, I, I don't like, and you know me, I don't like the whole like plot convenience. I'm, I have a big problem with it. It pulls me out of movies sometimes. With, with, with the way things break down here and the way things happen in this movie. I'm actually okay with with them pushing them back together in that way, and it's not completely unbelievable like some things we've seen in other movies. It isn't tropey, which is what I really do appreciate because you see you see people get pushed together plot device wise in so many ways. What they did was, I think, acceptable and didn't pull me out of the movie. I'm okay with it. All right, that's interesting. I was the only one not okay with it then, I guess. I'm, but I I hold movies like with bigger. I just. War of the Worlds is always a huge example when talking about world-ending situations is that movie is also a huge plot device. It's just yeah. one plot device after another. Um, it's just – it's when families separate in these films that they that, that gets me because the likelihood of them meeting back up again, I just don't see it happening with all the with all the mass panic happening and chaos and people – people become such wild cards. When there's no – when there's no police or military – Man, people just become such wild cards. It's, you can it's, never underestimate. You can never underestimate what's going to happen. It's one thing when that family or that group getting back together happens through happenstance, but that's their driving force. They're in their minds. They're thinking about how that happens. Yeah, and they're well, constantly working they're towards it. To do. Well, why it didn't completely kill me was they at least knew where they both were going. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, exactly. But I mean, so they, also, they, also Kentucky, so. they also set that up that hey, they left a note. Hey, this is where I am going. Not. You know, maybe we'll both end up here accidentally. I am heading this way. I expect you to head this way if you see this note. And that's okay. Um, one, of, one of the lines I thought was interesting was when he 
when when um he gets to the house, he being John Gerard Butler gets to her father's house first. He they then say, well, she's she was she was coming from here. She'll be coming this way, and like then they they set out like that's a very quick way to just to tell me. Well, they're using common sense to go find her, and if they meet up, now I believe it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it's a very quick way to do that. Very simply, too is that's okay. How about yeah. okay? So we we skipped over something that I actually meant to bring up. Before. How about we get Gerard Butler with his actual Gerard Butler voice? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nice. Like that was I. I'm okay with that. I really am. Like we're not getting Mike Banning or you know King Leonidas. We got like Gerard Butler as standard gerard butler mm-hmm. and i'm good i was good with it how relieved was he was saying, yeah. how relieved that he was when he, he was like oh i can just act this would be great <laughs> does that oh. also had an accent i mean listen i'm always here for mike banning always mm-hmm. so the mike, the mike banning cinematic universe is coming baby mike banning oh, is back God. um you wait till we talk about the fourth one, Chris. You're going to experience I, firsthand. I, I need to watch the. I need to watch the first three because oh, I have the trilogy. I, I'll lend you the trilogy. I have the trilogy. You guys seem to uh, like these movies. Well, they, they're 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 very self aware of what they like are, and they're ass. Yes, yeah, yeah, you. I do. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> uh, that's funny to me. I just watched Big Daddy. Hell yes. Um, I agree that it's it, it kind of not so bad that they find each other. Uh, because they know where they're going, and this, and I, we, I know we talked about this before. That, um, and a lot of it was before we started recording. So to to bring a little context, we, I particularly love movies with emotion. Um, it's, and this movie has it too, and it's maybe not in the in the in the very conventional way of complete emotion, but you really at times feel what, for instance, John is feeling when he's separated from his wife and kid. You really feel his frustration, his angst, his he can't he he's just yeah, it sucks. He, he he can't he can't do anything but he wants to. You know, you really and then for instance when she gets ripped out of the car and her son is still in there, like I really felt those vibes. Does, does that make sense? I mean it's I know it's a weird yeah, thing to say, was, but that was a tough scene. Like that was that was as real as it can be, man. <laughs> Scary, powerful. Yeah, I'm okay with it. There's a couple of the, like I said earlier, there's a couple of those scenes that are just, they're, they're tough to watch. <laughs> they really are. But I mean, they're, they're all, they all work very well. Nothing in this movie, usually I watch these movies and I say, oh, I loved it, but it's bad. This one, I, I, I loved it, but I don't think it's quite so bad. As a matter of fact, I would say it isn't bad. It's it's very decent. Um, and, and so let's say, is the emotion the thing that that elevates it above that? Because otherwise it's very similar to the other ones. If you take out the emotional center... Well, you, you can't take out the emotional center because it actually is more of a driving force of this movie. This is a drama movie with a disaster built into it instead of the other way around. And we get good disastery stuff. Like, it's definitely there, but it is not what drives this movie forward the entire time. I, I also appreciate what you just said because there's a line when he's... Obviously, you, you find out why that um, John and Allison... As a as a husband and wife have maybe been estranged for a little while. Don't say um, it. I, Don't I'm not gonna say things. it. I'm not gonna say it. But the, but there's a line when one character asks him, "Well, you did this and you shouldn't have done this," and he pretty much replies, "Yes, I made mistakes, but right now we have to think about how we're gonna survive this." And like I kind of appreciated 
the fact that we get more of that story without getting without getting so caught up in that and in, in the minutiae of family drama. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's there, and we you 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 put these little pieces of breadcrumbs together to tell you what happened with them. Um, you know, but we, you don't get bogged down in it, which is what I think the best kind of drama in this movie is in emotion is you, you get the emotion w- w- without letting it stop the story completely grounded to a halt. Well, so like on that point, this movie didn't do the, the normal, like the bad movie trope that we run into sometimes where like the writers think that it needs to be something else happening to keep the audience in this movie rides on the story that they're telling and they don't need to include the other story to make this interesting. They do a damn good job with what they have and what they centered it around and they stuck with it and it works, which doesn't happen that often, especially in these disaster movies. Like a a point I can make on that is, you know, there's a scene where we're like, people are trying to get on planes and there's some confusion on who's on planes and who's not on planes. And in disaster movie A and B, you know, you know, someone would have stayed on that plane and then realized it and some crazy hijinks would have happened. It would have happened stantly, ended it back up together, whether he jumps off a plane and goes skydiving and lands on somewhere else or whatever. Lands in the car that they're driving. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> basically you know what I mean? You know, or, you know, like that, that happens in those bad A and B movies and then, you know, then she's mad at him because of the stuff from the past and they'll, you know, they won't really, you know, make this happen together. no. We got the movie where they didn't need to lean on that stuff. They made it real and made it just emotional enough to keep you in and let the good movie play out instead of throwing other things into it to try to hook all the audience, you know, all the different you know, people well, watching but this movie. You don't need to add anything because, you know, a, a, a comet nine nine miles wide is coming to wipe out all life on the planet. I mean, yeah, I'm that, for it. Do you, do I'm you, for it. Do you remember 2012? Well, yeah, I understand that, but – I mean, there was, there was the world well, was ending, at, and there was other stuff added to that. I mean, <laughs> like, look at look at what's that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, the the, the day after tomorrow. Yep. Oh, that disaster of movie. Oh god. Where, where, where they added those damn wolves? Yep. Which no one was like. Everyone's like, why were those wolves in there? As if the world freezing again wasn't enough of a problem. They added wolves that were hunting our main characters too. Yeah, I yeah, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay. Yeah, I agree with what you said, Chris. The the world almost ending here is is a good enough yeah. you know clock it's a good enough villain you don't need to add anything else no no, Time, no artificial yeah. drama yep yeah, yeah so i i'm 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 happy to i'm happy to know that we're all pleasantly surprised with this movie i i was expecting you know disaster well, porn we, i was expecting disaster porn in in the wind in the way that i always do i like yeah. these disaster movies but they're always really bad you know i mean yeah. With, I guess you know Independence Day being one of the few that I can say is actually a pretty good B movie, but that's not well, really a that's, that's a, a different. Thing, kind of- if you if you were to watch Independence Day with the scope of like it's a disaster movie, it kind of knocks off a bunch of tropes too. You know, it's it's not not great, but it's the just one, it's campy and lovable, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, the know? only thing, the only thing we have there is a non dysfunctional family. That's it <laughs> in in Independence Day. It's the only thing you don't have that's tropey. Well, I mean, not just, I mean, they're still they're still not married and living in sin with the. I mean, her kid. I mean, that's as far as non dysfunctional. That's kind of no. Know, that's what? no. That's that. That's just the last ten years, buddy. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, fine. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, let's let's let, let's move to score this guy. I, I'm I'm gonna go last because I'm curious what you guys say. Although I have mine written down right here on a piece of paper, so it's not gonna change. I'll mm. go first. I'll go All first. Right. So this movie 
is a just the most solid seven I've given in a long time. This wow. movie is it, it's just it's if you want to see a disaster movie, this is that. But it's better than your average one. This is easily recommendable for people that are fans of certain things. It's a good movie. It's solid. I just I think it's a really really solid seven for me. All right, Roger. What, 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 I, mean, I think that's pretty fair. I'm actually going to give it a little bit higher. I was going for a seven and a half here, but okay. I could definitely see an argument for a straight seven. Um, this movie checks off a lot of boxes that I enjoy. Um, one, I, I am I'm a big fan of disaster movies. Most of them are bad, though. I do recognize that. Mm-hmm. But this movie's not bad. It, it it works pretty well. Gerard Butler's fine. I love uh, Marina Baccarin. Love her. Um, but the drama in this movie makes it an actual movie, not just stuff blowing up. And I appreciate that a lot. So I'm going to go with a seven and a half. Mm. Well, guys, I'm, I'm going six, five. Um, I thought it was good. I, I was really pleasantly surprised by this one. I was actually impressed by how they incorporate, like Roger said, this is a drama. Wait, wait, how, how, how'd you state it, Roger? A drama with a disaster movie. Inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and I was I was very impressed that they managed to not make it all about, you know, all the CG and all the. I mean, though there there was spectacular CG, it wasn't like it's you know those Roland Emmerich movies tend to be all about the effects and not about the story at all. Um, this is you know I always say style over substance isn't the way you want to go, but this one. Though I still think there was style over substance, the, the the ratio was much more in favor of an actual movie than it usually is with these disaster movies. So I I think that's my that's my reasoning for six five is I was very happy and I can absolutely recommend this movie, and most people will probably love it actually. Yeah. Now, I think so. do you think it sucks for this movie that it's 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 behind? I don't care that it's behind the VOD paywall, but I mean, how many people actually know that this movie's out? I don't know. That's the I thing. Really so, so this is a, this is another weird a weird world of COVID thing that I think that these studios and people that are actually like invested, you know, invested in this kind of stuff, they don't know what to do. So, like, you have a good movie here. You have a better than average movie here that tries hard to do what it's doing, and you put it behind a paywall to try to recoup some of your money because it could it could pop off. But they're afraid to put marketing behind it and tell you where how to see this thing, or that you should go see this thing, or that you should you should rent or buy this thing, and that's gonna hurt it. And this is a movie where I think they just need to advertise that you can watch this somehow, tell people how to see it, and just make it happen because this one would get you your money back if you get enough people to talk about it. They'd be able to make some money on this like they need to, but I think they're afraid to put more money into it if it's not gonna happen. But it's not going to go to anywhere if they don't. That's my that's my thoughts on that. I agree with you. I mean, it's 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 a tough thing. Where do you, I mean, obvi- the obvious channels are to advertise are of course anything streaming, you know, you put it on the side, you embed it into like Twitch or, you know, YouTube commercials, something, but without film trailers like normally in films now, you don't this movie would have been talked about. It's not I don't think anyone was going to talk about this only because I don't think Especially with the with the hoopla of Christmas and everyone's busy and hoopla. seeing family and why is it? I just wh- where, where is this streamable at? Like like the major ones? Like, well, remind this is this me. is this is VOD. So I mean, I know, I know. Am, Amazon's a good place. Or like okay. most of it, your your smart TV hub will, will have it too. 
Okay, so if if Amazon, you know, paid X dollars for this to get a hold of this thing, why aren't they just running a couple ads? Like like a normal television ad. Drop one, just... one 30 second ad in every 34 some... minutes. Yeah, someplace, well, somewhere. It's, it's not Amazon exclusive, but Amazon just is one of the services that does well, someone, rent, I rent mean, or buy movies. Yeah, yeah, any, yeah. Anybody, you know, why, why is there just not a normal TV ad that instead of saying, you know, in theaters now or whatever, it says in theaters or available on VOD or video on demand. Yep. You know, I haven't seen that yet, and that's what this needs so that people go watch this movie. Otherwise, I it's mean, not going to do well. If companies are legitimately worried about them losing money off of streaming, you are 100% right. You just drop a couple of unskippable ads in there, and there's mm-hmm. your money back. Yeah. That's it. And a big yeah. enough movie, a big movie like Greenland, I bet you get real people that would like to advertise in that. Or you get another movie studio to drop a full trailer at the halfway point, and then there are no other commercials. Yeah, all right. One unskippable trailer for a movie similar to that. You would hate that. I wouldn't hate that. I mean, that. look, I mean, that takes you, it it, it, it depends on where they put it, but man, that's going to take you out of the movie so minutes. fast. <laughs> you know what? It's COVID, it's COVID world and 2020. How about you actually get a, someone that their job is to find a good place to stick a trailer at then in the middle of a freaking movie. There's got to be a one place where you take a breath and the screen goes black where you can throw a god dang ad in. Remember, there, there are entire websites dedicated to where you can go take a piss during a long movie that tells you the exact time you should leave a movie theater. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is very true. You take one of those blogs and you put a commercial there. That's very true. There's somebody on Reddit that that will gladly make, you know, 20K a year finding a good place to put a theater at. They're so full of hate, they'll do it for free. (laughs) (laughs) Roger Roger knows the hateful life here. He definitely knows. (laughs) This is true. All right. Let's talk about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. The Netflix movie of the week came out December 18th, 2020, directed by George C. Wolfe. The cast is Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, Coleman Domingo, Glenn Turman, Michael Potts, Jeremy Slomos, Johnny Coyle. Sorry, Johnny Coyne. I can't read today. Uh, or any other day. Deucin Brown. Yeah, or any other day pretty much. But uh, what do you guys think about this one? Just give me your, your 10-second impression of what you thought about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I think this is a good movie, and it's hard to watch. You understand what I mean? Um, Netflix is good I, at doing that. Absolutely, understand what you mean, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm gonna echo, I'm, I'll kind of echo chamber that it's this, this is a solid piece, and it's got some powerful performances in it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's I think it's one of Netflix's better ones this year. I don't know if it's best, but it's certainly one of the better ones. Takes place in 1927 Chicago during a recording session uh, in a in Ma Rainey's band. Uh, there is her, which is the voice, and that you know she is the pull, she is the money, and then there is the horn player, which is played by Chadwick Boseman. He is Levy. He they are very much at odds, and everyone in between is kind of neutral or on Ma's side. No one is on his side, but it's the tensions rise when they can't come to an understanding. Ma and Levy. And that's how we start this, uh, this, which what is an adapted stage play. It's one of August Wilson's plays. Uh, I worked. I actually am proud to say I worked on the first one that came to Pittsburgh, Fences, with Viola and Denzel Washington. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, this is just another one of August Wilson's plays. So let's dive right into it, Roger. Shall we? Tell us. Uh, tell us what goes on when they get to the recording session. So the real, the real ver, the real 
meat of the story is the tension that arises between Levy and Ma as Levy is trying to get his own spin on some of Ma Rainey's songs um, that are being recorded that day. Ma is the star. She is the blues uh, musician. Stop by on our tour to stop by from her tour to record some stuff in the studio in uh, the north side of Chicago. And um, yeah, that that's really it. It's it is definitely an adapted play. Um, you can hundred percent feel it. There is a lot of monologuing in this. I like to say, you know, one person is talking directly to, and now in this case, they have it look like they're talking to. Um, the other people, but you could tell this is definitely they'd be talking directly to the audience. Just the beats of, of people's cadence in their speech very much feels like it's 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 very play and, and it, you're being spoken at. And oh not, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, they they want you to understand that this is very important here. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, and that's okay. I mean, I, I'm okay with it, but it's definitely if you if you don't like that kind of stuff in a movie, you're going to get bombarded with it here. So, um, I did appreciate the blues music, um, and if you know, whoever is really playing the trumpet, that's some good trumpeting, you know, <laughs> things like that. But like I said before, um, this movie is not easy to watch. It's not easy to ingest um, if you're not ready for it because it is very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some stories that are told in here that are, you know, they're, they're tough to listen to. Yep. So be prepared for that and just know if you make it through it all, it is worth it. Um, is that's the shortest version I can make of this, and there's some pretty decent music in here too. So I think a lot of people do it, and this is Chadwick Boseman's final movie. So there's this, that. This is this is his swan song, and as 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 an, as an added layer to that, there's there's kind of a monologue that he gives about why he sees the world a certain way, which I think plays into you know Boseman and his personal life, which is why that. Those what four or five minutes are so moving and riveting is because I think they're as real as they're ever going to get. I don't know. Yeah, without giving away too much, he gives he monologues like we said, but he it's not even a monologue, man. It's a it's a performance. It's a his one of his pieces in this. It's so emotionally powerful and emotionally driven. He tapped into something there that was it, it was that was real. That was a strong scene and when you watch this movie you'll know exactly what it is when you see it because it is it's good it's tough to watch it's so good that it's hard to watch yeah absolutely and as an added note for people around the pittsburgh area this was all the stage work was done in pittsburgh Hmm. so the majority of this film was shot in pittsburgh so that's pretty cool too um i agree uh this movie is exceptionally powerful most of the time I think it there's there's maybe 15 minutes ish that kind of gets lost in. I don't think they quite. I, I I don't think they quite knew what to cut to make the pacing of this because there's there's a couple of really sharp cuts when they go to another scene which is happening elsewhere and that really kind of of course that takes you out of a stage play because it rips you away from what you're looking at. It takes you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, the, one thing I appreciate in this movie, though, is that it's a Netflix movie that is very powerful and very dramatic, and it's only ninety minutes. Yep, and that's Bye. with credits. That's with credits. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's, I, yeah, one hour and thirty-four minutes. I don't, yeah. I don't mean that as a knock against this movie. I mean that as a knock against Netflix. It's something I talk about a lot, especially on this show. That Netflix has a tendency to make really long movies. That are unnecessarily long. I mean, I'm sure someplace 
sometime Netflix will, will, will release the version of this movie with the Sylvester chapter, where we get 34 more minutes of Sylvester, oh, which will man. be great. You know, we'll, we'll get to watch that too. But actually, no, it, you, the, you know, one thing that I I think we missed out on this movie. I want to know why the guy's nickname is Slow Drag. Right. I want to like how do, how does one acquire a nickname as Slow Drag? Well, well, okay, I can answer this question actually to you know kind of pull the veil away from that and the fun from from what you just said. Um, he plays the cello. And well, the bass one, player, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, so one of the things, a technique on the cello is this, is actually called the slow drag, where you take your bow and you go low and slow on it in a in, uh, for a certain amount of time, and that gives a different kind of sound to it. Well, wouldn't you call every bass player slow drag? Well, I mean, you I could. So. Maybe I mean, maybe he's well, really good. At, maybe would, he's yeah. really good at the slow drag. I, I mean, don't know. Isn't but... that like calling a piano player like keyboy? I mean, maybe. I, I mean, it's it's cello related. Hey, listen, this is my piece of information. You shut up and you let listen, me have it. <laughs> listen, your cello related information sucks, and I hate it. <laughs> or, or I want, or a, I want a way better story than that. That's all there is to it. They call a piano player a pianist. I love uh, that word. I'm, so I'm funny. Also, I'm also twelve years old. Oh my Where, goodness. Where's this show going? What just happened? <laughs> in the middle of talking about a very dramatic movie that's probably going to get Oscar nominations to making penis jokes. That's exactly where this show went. So, so let's good to, to be home, so one of the, one of the, one of the fine. Let's talk about the, the major sets we have. We have a recording studio set. We have a rehearsing, like, basement, four-walled, square room set. Um, and we have... What an outdoor right yeah. outside the studio set. Ten minutes on the street, yeah. Yeah, okay, ten minutes on the street. Um, I the the one the the room that I loved the most. It wasn't the recording studio. It wasn't the street. It was the the room that they the rehearsed in. When they, yeah, when they the were bathroom. immediately ushered downstairs. Um, I like the dynamic in that room that kept switching, and especially right out in the hallway when in towards the finale of the film that he is talking to, he as in Levy, Chadwick Boseman's character, is talking to uh, Sturdivant, which is John Coyne, Johnny Coyne, about something. The, the power struggle they're using with the steps I thought was really cool, showing you which character at the time had the more power in the negotiation. Yeah, that's, was interesting. yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting how they pull that off. But I love when the when the four men are talking, the, the four Moz band are talking – and the, I thought that was so entertaining how the, the dialogue just tends to flow and it flowed so well. Oh, yeah. There was never a problem with the dialogue. I was engaged. When they were talking, I was engaged the entire time. It's mm-hmm. when we – the one time – the few times it was taken out, I was taken out was when they completely switched scenes. Um, because that's just – that's hard to do in a stage play but um, and do it successfully. But I really dug the, – the, the dialogue in this movie flows. And what's better is, man, Viola Davis is – Awesome. She is one of she's one of the best. Like boy, man, she just when she was delivering some of those lines, I, my hand shook, man. It's just someone who like myself who really appreciates fine performances. That's she is awesome. Like, and I say that as saying that I've loved performances in the past, and even in the past couple of weeks, some performances. But I think the past couple of weeks, she takes the cake for one of the best performances we've seen since the weather started getting cold here in the east of the United States. What do you guys think? I'm okay with that. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. And Chadwick Boseman himself, just wildly powerful. Um, uh, as, as, as two, of course, the, 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 the anchors of this on each side of, of the scale of when they're, they're, they're kind of butting heads and fighting. It's just, it's really an interesting thing to see how this plays, plays out. 
I can see how a lot of people would be turned off by this. If you're like, no, 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 you got to watch this movie, but it's kind of shot in the, it's kind of presented to you in the way a stage play was. I think, do you, do you think that turns people off when they hear that? Well, yeah, uh, I think, think there's, there's a whole group of people that will never watch something that's adapted from a play because a lot of times it doesn't work very well. See, here's the thing though, with this movie, if you don't tell people that, if they don't know, if I don't think you notice it as hard in this movie. I mean, you know, you guys notice it as one thing, but it, it, I, I knew it felt kind of, kind of play with the way. Once again, the dialogue was very, was very like directed and very cadency. But other than that, you know, a lot of people don't, don't pick up on it or don't know to care. Okay. You know, if you tell me, hey, this is a good movie. It's got Chadwick Boseman in it. It's a lot of really good performances. You know, you should see this movie. People are going to watch it and not and not know the difference. You know what I mean? They might say, yeah, the dialogue was a little weird, but I don't think everyone's going to catch on to that. You know, okay. I think most people don't. That's, that's fair. I think you're, you know, I hadn't considered that, Chris, if, if, they, if they don't know that. Because it starts, it starts, what, they're driving in a car, then a, then a, then a car accident, and then... No, no. It starts the four guys arrive at a studio, mm-hmm. and then then there's and then there's a driving scene. So you might actually not notice that until you're you're deep enough into the into the dialogue that your brain doesn't even notice it anymore. Yeah, and you and, get... and let's not and like you know let's not be confusing here. There's no like there's no musical numbers in this. You know what I mean? The music no, that, no, you, no, that no. you experience happens very naturally As in what what you would. Yes, exactly. You know they're in a recording studio. You know making making this this album and. You know, it happens as it as you assume it would in this in this setting. So it's not like no one breaks out into song and dance. You know, there's no song directed anywhere or anything like that. It's just there's a lot of dialogue here, a lot of very good back and forth conversations between very key characters, and then there's some music being played. You know, I think what there's two songs you get to see recorded, and that's pretty much it. You know, they you know you get some music every now and then, but it's nothing like. You know, it's not like watching Rent. It's not like watching, you know, you know, a musical. It's nothing like that. Sure. Let's... That's actually a good. That's actually a very good point. I, I hadn't even thought of that. You're, you're right. There. I mean, there. The the film opens with the musical number, <clears throat> kind of out in the woods with Ma Rainey doing her thing, mm-hmm. uh, for like a private concert. But other than that, and the two recorded songs in the studio, which go by fairly quickly, and and I mean, in and then the respect that you don't notice that a, a musical number is being recorded because it's so intricately woven into the story uh yeah you're right about that that's a good point to bring up actually i hadn't thought of that there are less musical performances in this movie than there is in coyote ugly (laughs) that's a weird i mean that's that's (laughs) accurate then that's kind of a weird but kind of awesome probably right now that i it is it it is it is accurate (laughs) Mm. Mm. what what are some things you guys really hated about this was there anything you didn't like about this movie I can't say there's anything that I hated about this movie. I mean, you hate some of the characters you're supposed to, so that's you know that's one thing. But I mean, nothing that was. I don't have any big big negatives for this movie. I mean, your cast, you've already said it, is fantastic. The chemistry of, like you said, in that in the room where they're rehearsing is so good. So, and I think it's really telling when you ask me what I don't like about a movie, and I immediately go to the things I do like so much because it's just all you can really think about when you think about this movie after viewing it. That's, well, that's my about, end of it anyway. What about you, Roger? What did before I say what I didn't like? What do you not like about this? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's anything that I don't really like about it either. It's, it's pretty well done and pretty, you know, flows pretty well. I mean, I like this movie quite a bit actually, far more than I thought I would. So, I mean, there's that. I don't know if that helps, you know, for what I don't like. There, there's very little about this movie that I don't like. So, I would agree with you on that. Uh, there, there, there were, I think, some. 
there were maybe one or two pacing issues I could I could really it really I noticed when watching it. Um, but other than that, I think the pacing went really well. Actually, um, did you think that sometimes? And this is just me asking a question. Did you think that sometimes maybe the dialogue flowed a little too well? As in, you're definitely looking at actors on a screen who are who memorize lines. No, because I was watching a movie. Well, I understand that, but sometimes I just thought they were so on it that it, you know, there's almost too perfect of a line delivery where it's like, okay, it's definitely. I mean, that maybe that's just me. I, I don't know, but once or twice I can't trust that too. I mean, we make fun of you a lot, but like in normal in normal circles of friends and and men, you know, that that quick back and forth happens. You know, this is something you haven't probably experienced in your adult life yet, but you'll get there, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. Yes, witty witty banter. There it is. Yep. Uh, I didn't have too much unliked about this. Uh, I really, I actually didn't. When it was over, I thought I didn't realize that ninety minutes had gone by. I thought it. it, it I don't. I didn't think it had been an hour yet when this movie went, which is great for this movie. Um, it just it, it went so well. I just I was so kind of intrigued what was going to happen. I was waiting, and you don't really see the twist coming until the. There's not really a twist, but you don't really see the what's going to happen until right before it does. You're, you're, you're wondering what's going to be the big dramatic piece in the end, the, the, the big dramatic event. Uh, did, did you guys see that coming? No, so, but damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with the, the no, but damn, but there's a little bit happening here that has like a lot of like, there are some current day undertones happening in this movie. And the way this movie ends up is act is almost kind of one of them. And it's, it's just such a, it's a big message and it's there's a lot happening in this and it's a very dramatic piece at the end and it it hits hard i mean this movie i think the word payoff works really well for this movie because there are a few there are a few things that build up and then there are payoffs to them good and bad that just they it just when it happens just it just feels very like okay this was the road that we this was the trip we were being taken on and it gets you there and they feel very satisfying in the way that you know like, like this is going to play out this way and you get to see it happen. And it's, it's powerful. The whole thing. I actually loved the, um, we, the, how, how the movie ends, you know, who's doing what I actually loved what they chose the moment they chose to cut away and they didn't really, you, you know how it's going to play out, but they don't, they choose not to really resolve anything after a certain action is taken. I really love that. As a matter of fact, I was hoping when I saw it happen, Please leave it like this. It's almost perfect, uh, given how uh, Bozeman's Levy is kind of that his character really the they the perfect way to undo what he his foil to himself in the end. I thought they did perfectly. Now that's of course a, a shout out to August Wilson when he wrote the play. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they didn't change it much if they did at all. But uh, I really really loved how they chose to do the last you know minute 45 you know you know minute or 45 seconds i don't know if you guys feel as strongly as i do but man i thought that was brilliant i mean it was definitely i mean it's emotional it was powerful which again is just something that they built up to it well and they they made it pay off so definitely took you down the right ride yeah it was it was all there are you if you knew there was if you knew there was like another um, August Wilson play in production and you're going to watch it soon, would you be excited? Or would you like, are, are, are these something you can do like, you know, once every few months and that's it? Well, I mean, like some of the, the better movies that I've ever seen, some of them aren't made to be watched a whole bunch of times. 
they're just not. So that's true. And we 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 did just talk about one, all the boys in the band, uh, not too long ago, maybe a few months ago, but it wasn't that. That's with um, Jim Parsons and Zach uh, the, Yeah, Zach Quinto of the the gay community in New York. Um, but I th- I that one also. I just I think that. Now, you said something earlier I want to touch on for one second before we score this is sometimes it doesn't really adapt to filmmaking. A lot of times I, they don't. Those I would agree with that. Though. But Fences, Ma Rain's Black Bottom, and for example, All the Boys in the Band, the Netflix film, um, I think they all did adapt quite well. Sure. Uh, well, that's that also... You know, if you take have somebody that takes the time to actually build that world in a little bit better, you know, has a good, you know, not just a good play script to go from, but an actual good screenwriter, it makes that easier. Yeah, right, I mean, well, I just, and and really good actors and actresses. Well, of course, I just I'm, I'm impressed with with these, for example, Fences and Ma Rain's Black Bottom, if we're doing August Wilson, if we're talking about August Wilson particularly, I'm very impressed with how these movies turned out. I mean, if you remember, Fences was up for Best Picture, and as yeah. a testament to as a testament to um, August Wilson, I think this is going to be up for Best Picture too. If, if, you know, if, if Netflix is allowed to have stuff, multiple things nominated, I definitely think this movie is talked about when it comes to Oscar time. Absolutely. Well, see, I, I could I could maybe make a counterpoint that it wouldn't be best picture, but you'd get best performer. Oh no no I, I wouldn't I mean best it, actor, it could actress, be best it could be best I mean? picture, but yeah. absolutely best performances or best supporting. Sure, absolutely. I, I I could see this this nominated a few times actually and much and well deserved nominated too. So let's move to score this guy. Um what do you guys think? Who wants to start? I'll go, I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. Unless Chris, you want to jump in, but no, I got it. Um, listen, I think this movie is a solid nine. It's it's all there. Um, it works. There's a payoff at the end. There's drama. There's music. Um, it's really good. Um, I will preface this. I will probably not be watching this anytime soon again. So, I I, I tend to have that with uh, Netflix movies like this. So. Um, but it is very good. It is a solid nine for me. Wow. Nine. All right. All right. Chris, what about you, buddy? Um, this movie is, this movie is good. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's more than good. The performances in this are so your, your cast is such a powerhouse and, you know, from the main two roles to, you know, to your other, to your side characters in this that aren't even side characters really, I'd argue, because a lot of them are just one entity. I don't know there are a few specific scenes that are hit that hit so dramatically hard and so emotionally i don't know and like like it's been stated before there's a there's a payoff and a climax in this movie that is just powerful to watch in a lot of ways this this is a nine for me as well damn we're going for the trifecta of nines i also was going to give it a nine i was surprised i didn't think you guys would give it so high but i thought it was absolutely you know when i want i was absolutely actually trying to really if I could rationalize in my head the nine five or the ten and I couldn't rationalize nine five or the ten being as fair all around but a nine is absolutely what I want to award this movie it deserves every point up to nine absolutely um, wonderful performances some of the best I've seen all year actually but I mean it's not surprising given who the cast is either it's they are good at what they do mm-hmm. um, it's nice to see you know Bozeman had to have known he was sick when he made this and him choosing to spend his time doing this as I mean, that's a testament to his 
you know, to, 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 to him in the Hall of Fame for acting that he certainly deserves. Um, hell, 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 of a, hell of a performance from everybody. I, I was so moved by this. This is a nine for me. This is an absolute nine. Mm-hmm. And we don't score many things, Roger, above an eight, do we? No, because most things don't go above an eight. So yeah. it's kind of a rare uh, situation to give something above an eight. But I mean, this certainly warrants. This is the time. I mean, of I'm year sure that you're looking for the next it. crappy Netflix comedy that you could put up at that. Then are they five, nine range? <laughs> yeah. So, damn. Yeah. Damn, guys. Damn. Yeah. Um, Truth bombs, bro. <laughs> I crap on I crapped on Christmas Chronicles, if you remember, and yeah, Kissing it's, Booth. It's really bad. I hated them both. You just compared Kissing Booth to this. Shame. No, on. I did not. I said I crapped it, on. Kissing yes, Booth you did. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Well, that is our show for the. That is our show for this week. This has been episode two hundred and six of For the Love of Cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at five a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcast, and Spotify, oh, and Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe, every little bit helps, but more importantly, and as always, thank you very much for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page, and check us out on YouTube, where we will have videos again, I hope very soon. Uh, send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984, which is available on Amazon, Pixar's Soul, which is available on Disney Plus, and News of the World, those of us who can swing it. So, three big movies. Next, next week is a big episode, guys. So, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. Oh, oh, oh. Okay.